And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mack on the mic, via Zoom, the commish, Dave Steuben. And gentlemen, um, we're not going to get into it right now, but kind of a wild game between the two. Dave comes out the winner, Randy the loser. I also lost in embarrassing fashion. So the lounge last week, uh, one and two. Well, somebody on the lounge has got to you know make that playoff push, and I'm glad it's me this year. Yeah, Dave, congrats on the win. I would love to touch base on this later in the commissioner's corner um, when I make a league address. But until then, I'll hold my thoughts on that game. But you got the win. Congrats, man. Thanks. I appreciate it after all the hostility in the group chat. Did get a little tense in the group chat, I must admit. I sat that one out. Um, And emotions are flying on a game like that. Monday night. You know, I think just from my take on it, Randy probably thought he felt probably good about his chances to win and to lose in that kind of fashion must have been tough to deal with. I've been there, so I can't I can't pass judgment. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second, but I I stopped watching the game after the first quarter because I thought it was totally out of it. There you go. But we'll talk about it in a moment. All right. Now, uh, Matty Ice was going to come in and uh, be a part of this episode. I could not get a hold of him, so no channel this week. But I did want to touch on really quickly, uh, he had a big week. Um, and he's kind of a, a guy that's making a playoff push. I wish he was on the show so we could talk a little bit about his team. But no channel, so maybe we'll hold that off. If he has another good week, we'll try and get him on next week. But there is a lot of news to talk about. Um, obviously, the trade deadline has come and gone. A lot of moves that ta- have taken place. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the first time in NFL NFL history, I think there was like 12 trades at the deadline, which was the most. I mean, guys were flying off the board all over the place, draft picks being made. I, there's one thing I want to bring up, because um, the Bears got literally dragged through the mud for the Mitch Trubisky trade-up and how smart the 49ers were during that trade, but how smart John, uh, John Lynch was. And that... Trading up for Lance, Miami got Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and now they got Chubb with that trade. It's it's that's insane for those three draft picks, so they could trade up to get Lance. Yeah, when well, you when you when that's you, a total win on on the Dolphins' part. I mean, the Dolphins seem to be clicking on all cylinders, and it, it seems like they were right on Tua, even though you know they, I think he's shown sometimes inconsistency. But I mean, that's a franchise right now that's definitely on the ups. Yeah, they're they're making the push this year. You don't you don't pick that guy up unless you're thinking you're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, already has five and a half sacks in eight games and a ton of uh, quarterback pressure. So I think that's a great move, even though you're losing a bunch of draft pick who picks. Who cares? Like, is it De- and again, we'll, we'll talk about a bunch of trade stuff. But as a Denver fan, like, or as an organization, how are you going to sell that to the Denver fans? And I get that his contract was coming up and they didn't want to pay him. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's up next year, and you you're paying. Uh, Mr. Let's Ride, a bunch of money. So it might have been tough to keep him. Plus, you got receivers that are young that you're going to have to pay. True, but it's like Denver's a top five defense. He's a huge reason for that. It's like you trade basically the heart of your defense. I know Sertan's like a stud, and their other corner's really good and stuff like that. Uh, but, I mean, to lose Bradley Chubb, that's like, I mean, that's a huge hit for that defense. So are they just punting them this year? Are they just, you know, resigned to the fact that they're not going to be a playoff team? You would assume think- so with that kind of move. 
Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, especially when you gave up, what, they give up four picks, four first-rounders for Russell Wilson? I don't know. It was a big... I think it was two. It, it was, was like... Some second-rounders, and... They gave up they a gave lot up, Yeah, and they kind of mortgaged their future for that Russell Wilson trade, and I think the writing's on the wall already. Like, oh, fuck, we made a mistake. I was surprised that they didn't kind of move Judy. I thought they might, might have moved him at the deadline as well. But um, I'm glad the Bears got a a solid... Yeah. Oh, speaking of the Bears, very active. Obviously, they traded Robert Quinn prior to the games on Sunday for a fourth rounder. Um, the big one yesterday, they kind of got a lot of you know a lot of uh, mixed reactions in the group chat. Uh, Andy pro uh, trade Roquan. They moved Roquan to Baltimore for second and fifth. Uh, what do we think about that, Dave? Um, I think it was a good move. Like like we were talking in the group chat. Uh, his demands on his contract were just outrageous. And when you're in a rebuild mode, you can't just give that, that player what he wants because everyone else in the team is going to see that. And then when their contracts come up, it's going to be difficult for them to not give the same deal. Um, so I think it's good that he stood his ground and they have tons of cap space. So, I mean, next year is going to be outrageous. I know it's really, it's going to be really hard to replace Roquan because he's a top five middle linebacker, but um, I, I get why they made the move, especially this year. We're not doing anything. Now we can just tank and get a better draft pick in the first and hopefully start to replace everybody with, with the money that we have. Yeah, also, like, him being his own agent, I, Ryan Pace, not Ryan, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Poles, I'm sorry, not Ryan Pace. Ryan Poles was our, on ESPN 1000 today, and he was like, yeah, like, we were just so far off in negotiations. Like, that contract was not going to happen. So we only had, what, eight games left of them, so might as well get some for him. And he wound up getting another draft pick and Claypool, that turns out to be. So I, I like the trade. I like the trade for the future. So I, I think they ended up trading their actual second round pick. They did. I think it was reported that they traded the Ravens pick, but I think it ended up being their pick. Yeah, that's I think favorite. that's what they were saying. That's why they beat them, beat out Green Bay for. Yeah, because I would have really liked to see them trade the Ravens pick because that's going to be basically almost a third rounder. Now they're trading that second round pick, which is probably going to be in the top forty picks. You would assume with how the Bears are playing, so it's it's you know one of those fringe first rounders that makes it to the second rounder uh, that we're going to be missing out on. But at least we still have a second round pick, which is good. But I would have liked to see them trade the Ravens pick for him. No. The big, uh, the bigger move, right? Us getting Claypool. Um, Randy brought up a good te- point in the text message we had. Claypool was a second rounder. Is he produced second round? But like, is he produced enough to be worth a second rounder? And that's my question. And then two, someone I saw someone tweet out like, "Yeah, let's pass on George Pickens just to trade a second for Claypool." So I guess in hindsight, anybody could do that. But uh, those two questions on the table for the boys here. Well, I mean, it, it, it is nice that he's, what is he, 24? Yeah, he's actually younger than Felix Jones. Well, Felix Jones is a dinosaur. That's Don't get that story started. He should already be cut if there's two fumbles. Anyways, Claypool's a big offensive weapon. Gives something for besides those no-name idiots that uh, Felix has to throw to. I mean, you have him under contract for, I believe, uh, the rest of the next year as well. So you got a year and a half of him um, on a rookie deal. So if he produces, then he could potentially be something. I think it's a good shot because at least you know what Claypool is, sort of, and he has potential besides us just shooting in the dark for a second-round wide receiver that who knows would ever pan out. Yeah, I mean, it would have been great to get Pickens in the second, um, but we did – I mean, we did get 
Brisker, who's been outstanding. Uh, I would have taken him over Gordon, but uh, you you know you never know. Obviously, everyone thought Gordon was going to be good too, but he's he's been coming on a little bit as the season goes. Um, just not as quick as Brisker, but he's young. He has, he's never had a thousand yard receiving season, which is why I don't think he deserves a second round pick. I would have been more comfortable with a third round pick, uh, especially the way that the Pittsburgh was using him. He was their third receiver to begin with behind a rookie. Um, so I think second are giving up our second is giving up just a little bit too much, but we had a huge hole for a big receiver. So I understand why they did it, but I would have liked to have seen a third rounder. Also, he's not going to the Packers, which is great. So, and, and maybe he gives like, I don't know. I know him and Cole Komet are tight. Maybe he gives uh, Cole Komet some life. Cause that dude sucks. So I don't know. I mean, he did have 11 touchdowns his rookie season, 2020, Maybe, uh, fine. I think finally we have a, a red zone threat, if anything. So yeah, I mean, well, you, at least you have a guy that you can throw the ball to. I mean, you could do that with Mooney, but he's what five nine, five ten, <laughs> so one hundred eighty pounds. So at least you have a legit big body receiver. That's and not I kinda, to feel hairy. And I kind of like the the Miami uh, uh, GM's kind of philosophy on things. Is like, hey, like these are like I think draft picks are such like hit or miss. I'd rather trade away a draft pick for somewhat of a known commodity than kind of take a shot in the dark. No, I agree. I mean, you see what it, what they are. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of first-round draft picks that end up being out of the league in three years. So, um, getting Bradley Chubb, I'm assuming you're talking about. And it, yeah, and I was just – yeah, yeah, Bradley Chubb, I mean, Tyree Kill, like you you name it, they're trading away their draft picks. Do which, they trade for Tunzel too? Which, I mean, the Bears are – you know, compiling a bunch of draft picks. They have eight coming up. So what have we ever hit? What of our lives have we ever hit the draft? I mean, we'll give them benefit of the doubt. This is last year was his first year, but it's never in our lives have we actually hit on multiple draft picks in the draft. Uh, I mean, yeah. no, this year, I mean, well, here's the thing, Gordon Brisker. And then uh, that Jones kid, those are three guys that potentially are going to be starters moving forward. Yeah. Uh, but Valus Jones, I think the, the jury's still out on him. Oh, without that. Jones is not good, Mike. People no, I said no, Bra- no Bra- to go undrafted. No, Braxton yeah. Braxton Jones. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the tackle. The tackle. Um, and, and Gordon Gordon's not good either. Well, yeah, he's Jones, been, so he's been playing a lot better developed. after the first three games. He's been a lot better. Yeah, but yeah, he, he, PFL has him as like one of the worst ranked fucking corners. Okay. Um, okay. Jury's out. Now, speaking oh, of another interesting guy too, Kelvin Ridley moving that's uh, for saying. a fifth round pick. Could be a Possibly a second-round pick. I don't know. There was a bunch of implications for that trade going to uh, Jacksonville. I think that's a, a nice move for them getting a pretty good wide receiver, Randy. I know you hate him, but uh, it's a good pickup for next year for Jacksonville, I think. Yeah, don't bring up Calvin Ridley's name ever ever around me. Now, projecting that offense, now, now you're talking ETN who's just, I mean, like busted onto the scene. Now you're going to have Kirk, Ridley, I mean, that's a pretty potent one-two punch, depending on what they do, like Marvin Jones. I know they use Agnew differently. Uh, they got Zay Jones there. Uh, it's kind of an interesting offense. Um, Evan Ingram's, Evan Ingram's come on. Yeah. I, I need clarification prior to him gambling on games why he decided not to show up. You remember we had mental, supposedly mental health issues. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but then he was gambling. So I think, I'm pretty sure they knew about the gambling and they were just – made him sit out until they figured out what was going to happen. But then, so, so you're saying he, he was using all the mental health things that he was tweeting out, all those things as an excuse. I mean, he, he is only, I think 27 or 
to 28. He's 20, so when he gets back, he'll be 28, almost 29. Uh, so you are getting an aging receiver, but I mean, guys play till 35 when they're uh, receivers. So okay. um, we'll see. I hate him. He so, could, I would have had a Calvin Ridley jersey if he was anything, but like, he's dead to me. All right. Now some RB two to slash threes on the move. Jeff Wilson going to Miami. Um, and then Naheem Hines going to Buffalo for Zach Moss and six rounder. And then Chase Edmonds got dumped to Cleveland. No, Denver. No, Denver, my fault. Got dumped to Denver. Um, so some some fringe RB twos, RB threes on the move. Um, Randy, you're owner of two of those guys. Do you like Hines and Wilson's value more now after the trades? Which is kind of uh, with uh, McDaniel's there. Um, it's kind of interesting to go back to like the 49ers backfield with Mozart and Jeff Wilson when they ran ramp in 2020. So I kind of like that for him. Naheem Hines, Buffalo has been looking for that pass catcher out of the backfield forever. I mean, they wasted, was Zach Moss the second rounder or was it the other dude? Uh, I think they were both like within like, third rounders or something yeah, or they've been trying rounders. to get that guy Naheem Hines is good as long as he stays healthy with his questions but I mean I'm trying to see what he falls in that offense um I think the the, the Hines trade is better for Buffalo overall just football wise I don't know about fantasy and then Jeff Wilson it, the guy I think the guy's good if he just gets the opportunity I think the Hines one surprised me a little bit because Singletary's been good out of the backfield and then also um was their the rookie running back that they have? Oh, uh, James uh, James Cook. Cook, yeah. Um, who is also supposed to be a receiving back? Obviously, Naheem Hines is more talented at this point in his career, but I just I don't I don't see a lot of use for Hines. I don't know unless they're going to split him out in the slot or something, but it's not a not a huge trade. But they didn't give up much for him, so. All right, anybody out there? Yeah, no, I was just. Oh, I Mike's watching the Bulls game, probably. Jesus no, Christ. Uh, well, I watched this. Give me nothing, Mike. Come on, well, dude. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, we are live. Was kind of weak too. Come on, Mike. Well, okay, I'm coming. Off, I'm coming off a bad loss. I, you know, I'm. I've been busy. I, 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 what do you want from me? Tell me, me about a bad loss, Mike. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Well, wait, what do you? What do you what, that's not a bad loss. What, Your team fucking stinks. All right, so okay, I'm, I'm, what do you what do you want from me, dude? I'm giving you, I'm giving you all hundred percent. I'm at eighty percent right now. I'm giving you a hundred percent of my eighty percent. What do you? Know, Mike, you're you're like the whore just laying there, just taking it right now. Wait, uh, again, you guys, you guys, every time. You, all right, you, you guys, you guys want me to? I mean, I'm working, I'm working fourteen hours a day. I'm game planning for Walter Payton prep. Like, uh, I'm installing a new defense. Like. You guys, I'm I'm out here doing a lot of different things. I can't just my life right now. I'm fighting for my life. I, I can't I can't just be you know on on you know on on call and command to be you know the ringleader of the lounge. I sometimes I need to be picked up a little bit. All right, we got you. We got you. All right. Jesus. All right. Now I've been, ta- I've been doing it for 33 years. I can drag you along for another right. fucking podcast. Yeah, there you go. Talking about sold out touchdowns league. Uh, no movement. We're just skipping over talking about me and Randy's game. Well, we're gonna do that at the end. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So talking about sold out touchdowns, like no movement. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so every winner, or everyone in the playoffs right now, everyone won. So the top six teams won, and no one moved at all. Wow. Um, I don't know about the bottom half, but all the bottom half teams also lost. Um, but no, wow. no playoff implications uh, changed. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, McCarthy. I mean, I, again, I we talked about we've talked about McCarthy at nauseum now. Like it, it's the, maybe the best team ever constructed in our league. 
um, that I could remember. And then also just like it's a realistic possibility he runs the table here, um, which has never which has never happened. The guy gets injuries and then he just makes moves and it's It's the same team. And and how about him him getting Foreman and all of a sudden it's like like Foreman looks great. Lockett that you put in for uh, injured Jamar Chase, the guy puts up fifteen points every week. You know, Foreman put up thirty. 30 points with three touchdowns. It's it's ridiculous. One thing I will say, so I think right now the clear-cut four teams right now that are best in our league, McCarthy, Gallagher, Waldo, whose team like a wrecking ball came on. And that to me, Channel's team is coming along. Uh, Hertz and Brown go bonkers. McLaurin's starting to figure it out. Now with um, Chase gone, he's got Boyd uh, there. Pierce has been solid. Pitts showed some life. Like, Channel's team's on the ups right now. Yeah, I think Chan- I think it's uh, McCarthy, Gallagher, and then Channel's third in points, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we could look at that right now. And then Waldo also had a monster, 171. Oof. Waldo right now, 107.8. Yeah, you're right, Dave. It's McCarthy with 12.90. And then McC- yeah, then Gallagher with eleven twenty six, and then Channel with uh one thousand one hundred thirteen, and then Waldo with ten seventy eight, and then uh, Ryan with ten fifty one, and then you round out the six there, Dave, with uh, one hundred four. So that's kind of where we're at, and then uh, Lewis right there with seven at one hundred twenty seven. So those are kind of the top breakdowns. But Channel's team's coming along. He had one hundred fifty something last week, and then he drops a one sixty eight or one sixty seven. So Channel's team's coming. Um, real quickly, Waldo's team. I mean, the dude's five. We're in five in a row. His team is really starting to find some some rhythm with Diggs and Waddle. Like those guys are juggernauts. Well, he does have one of the better receiving courts because he also has C.D. Lamb, who's on a bye. Um, so he does have a great receiving court. And then he's got really uh, underrated running backs as well. So Ramondre Stevenson and Travis Etienne are both guys that are are getting better as the season goes on. Um, and here's the thing. Gip- Darren Waller could ever come back and be healthy, this this team is really going to be hard to beat. And here's the thing. Gibson, back-to-back weeks of over 15 fantasy points, just sit on his bench. That, that team's found a little life with Heineke there. Yeah, I think um, they they finally see the value um, in the running back position, which is nice. Yeah, and so with all that being said, right now there are some teams that are falling out some tough times, myself included, have the, the lowest amount of points in the league. I think here's the thing. If I'm Lath right now, I, I, I obviously I'm not happy, but I think Lath should feel good at least going in. We're, again, one and six, he's got to run the table pretty much to get in. But I think Lace should feel good in a playoff situation to avoid being the teats. Now, the question is, right now, Simo is having trouble scoring. And like myself, five out of eight uh, under 100 points. Is Can Simo make a run? I don't know. I mean, he's not making a lot of moves. And it's kind of odd because usually, you know, he can make moves and uh, waiver wire pickups that end up working his way. But it's just not working out this year. He's Anything he tries to do just is not... It's not the answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, five games under five. I mean, under a hundred. He barely does that once a year. Um, so I, I don't. I think it might be. It, it's hard to say, but he, he might be contending for the teeth this year. Yeah, Kyler hasn't been as good. Randy, are you surprised by the uh, the Lowell and Simo? He has been snake bitten. 
you know, the Keenan Allen trade, you know, he hasn't been able to play Keenan Allen at all. And the one week he did, he got hurt. Bateman's bit out. Um, Clyde Edwards, Lair was has not been good since he's traded for him. And then Aaron Jones has been great since he traded him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I tried to offer a trade for Simo, Miles Sanders, and Devontae Adams for JT and Debo, and that got shot down. Well, that's the other thing. I think he needs to reevaluate his players if he's going to – he's got to make a move. He has to do something. Um, so I think I, I honestly, in all seriousness, I think I might have, uh, I, I, I think I have the worst team in fantasy. I'm just being, well, I think you it, do points wise. Yeah. It, I mean, I know, but it's just player wise too. Like, it's not like I have guys that I feel good about even like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel very good at all about my team. I'm going to, again, I'm going to keep scrapping and clawing, but, uh, it, it's not, it's not been good. I'm going to Justin Fields now for the next, at least three weeks. I'm just rolling I with would, Fields. I would start him until, yeah, until he's on a bye. Cause yeah, at least he gives you some excitement and runs the ball. Yeah. yeah. And especially how bad the Bears D is going to be, you know, they're going to be trying to score points late. He's going to be running for his life. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really talk about Lewis's team. Me and him had a kind of a blockbuster. Kind of came back to bite him a little bit. Uh, he started Sutton, who didn't do anything. Um, Lewis is, I think, has, but Lewis has the ingredients to make a run. Like I feel like with Lewis's roster, he should feel good about getting into the playoffs. Now the question is, um, is he going to make noise? But he's been putting up points. It just kind of ran into a buzzsaw this week. Yeah, I think him and Lath have just been. They've been running into teams that have been putting up a lot of points. Um, I don't know if you have the points against, but um, I think, like you said, Lewis might be the only team that could fight for that sixth spot, um, probably with me, I'm assuming, because once Channel gets some wins under his belt, he's going to move up the rankings because of the points. Um, But I don't know. There's five weeks left, so it's got to be a, a quick turnaround mm-hmm. for a lot of teams. Yeah, right now, Lace does have the most points against, which, again, just bad luck. Um, and if you look at the Lace roster, I mean, Lace got the most points by at least 60, 70 points. So if you're talking about, you know, just spanning that out, like you're talking about teams on average and scoring 10, 12 more points against Lace specifically, which is tough to overcome, especially we know how, how uh, you know, low the fantasy scores have been across the board. Um, so... I think Andy right now, I, the thing with Andy is, like, he, he's never going to make a move. So, like, I, I think he there is some potential to make moves, but I just don't know. I think he's content with just riding it out. Yeah, I mean, he, I would have got off the Drake London train, like, three or four weeks ago. Guy really hasn't done anything in a while. Hopefully Michael Thomas can come back and be healthy, but that's kind of a shot in the dark, too. Um, Raheem Oster, Michael Carter... Austin Knox. It's just a bunch of guys that I don't know if they're consistent enough to make, you know, a playoff push. Najee Harris and Zeke on the bench, like two underwhelming running backs that are big names um, that, you know, you could have probably moved a few weeks ago, but now it's going to be tough to move. So you might have a hard time. Is there any, Randy, I mean, I've seen this now the past couple of days, like Najee Harris is getting the treatment on Twitter in terms of like, is he washed already or is he even good? Is he even good? I don't know. I think a, a big proponent of his fancy game was getting catchers, and he's just not getting any. So I think that might have glossed over in years past. Their offensive line has been terrible as well. Um, I think we touched on it last week about I think he might be more injured than he's been let, let, letting on. Um, but he just doesn't look good. 
I mean, they, they broke down that one play and like, I think it was like third and three and he catches the ball in the backfield and he has like, he has the first down, right? And he's juking for no reason and gets like a yard. I mean, he's just not, he's not, he's not playing well. Let's just put it that way. No. Um, I had a question. Do you think a team at seven and seven makes playoffs? This year? No. I'm fucked. All right. That's it. All right. <laughs> um, uh, now, speaking of, like, you know, coming alive even, Halloween weekend, Dave crunched the numbers for us. The big resurgence of the running back game uh, this past weekend. A spooky yeah. weekend, Mikey. It was uh, coming alive from the dead of the, the running back position. So 31 running backs this week, over 10 points, 16 over 15 points, 11 over 20, 5 over 30, and then we had 2 over 40. Sorry, Randy uh, Camaro was one of them, and also – CMC and also the receivers had good weeks. Uh, so 22 over 15 points, uh, 11 over 20, and then four over 30. So you had AJ Brown, D Hop, and then the combo down in Miami with Hill and Waddle uh, going for a bunch of points down there, which was nice to see. It's finally like a real fantasy week. Yeah, the scores were up this week without a doubt. Um, unfortunately, none of those guys were on my team. Uh, so that was unfortunate. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Randy had a nice week with uh, with Pollard. That's what really scared me because they were up so big on the on the Bears, and then the dude gets a sixty yard touchdown in the fourth quarter for no reason. Well, that kind of changed. That kind of changed the momentum of that game, and we'll talk oh, about that. Well, that, it was that, and then like two minutes later, DJ Moore had the sixty yard touchdown. Yes, which was so, which is even crazier. DJ Moore back. DJ Moore back. I think, well, we, I think he might be. What? Like, um, we, I also like just speaking about DJ Moore that they're like, hey. Um, uh, Baker is finally healthy and he's accepted the role as being backup. Like, shut the fuck up. The dude's fucking terrible. Like, if he didn't accept the role of backup, he'd be just hanging out at the Heisman house for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, also, cool, cool stat this weekend CMC had a rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, and receiving touchdown. One of only 10 players to ever do that in the NFL. Uh, Walter Payton was also one of those. The last guy to do it, I think, was in 2005 or six, was uh, LT. So, kind of a cool stat. Yeah, Gallagher and all the KKK members in Jacksonville were pumped for that. <laughs> for a white dude to get to do that, they're well, all good. Who would have ever thought there would be a white, uh, all white backfield in the NFL with Uzcheck and CMC? Um, I wonder, Plus, like, realistically, Park's buzzing. Realistically, I mean, I wonder how long McCaffrey could keep up that usage. Now, again, I know, like. He's obviously done it before, but I mean, it seemed like every play was designed for him last week against the Rams. So, uh, and that's why I was a little surprised they traded Jeff Wilson because you would think they would want to limit his carries a little bit. Um, but I know Mitchell's coming back, but I thought that was an interesting move. Yeah, you would have thought you would just have a safety blanket, but apparently they have enough trust in him to to trade away their backup. So, yeah, that's the whole reason I traded away to uh, Trotta last week, uh, Melvin Gordon for Jeff Wilson trade straight up because I thought, hey, CMC might get hurt and that might be a top running back instead of looking at Melvin Gordon's ass all the time. Uh, Melvin Gordon was did, did give me a 14, so I'll take that this week. Are you happy, are you happy about him now in that backfield? No, I'm I'm I I never I'm I, I'm never playing another Denver Bronco player on my team all year. It's done. That's right. All right. Now, speaking of being consistent, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back, and I'm gonna give my especially my deep sea diver selections here. I think I could very confidently say 
that I am four for my last four. Last you week, my my deep sea divers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going my deep sea divers. Yep. Oh, did you delete mine? No. Oh. Oh, it's down here. Uh, Mike, follow the prompt, Mike. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, now, I want to give. Uh, this one might be a no-brainer, but last week I, I, I hit on Evan Ingram. He had a good game, and then I, I did Goodwin, who I ended up picking up. We ended up with like a seven point nine. So How is, that's not a hit, and you also only ten bucks. I owe you ten dollars, but yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know, but a seven. Okay, it was a mild hit. Whatever. He also dropped a touchdown, by the way. So that could have been, should have been a better game. Now, yeah, well, you don't get points for drop touchdowns because Josh Reynolds should have too. There you go. So I'm going to give you a guy who I think is going to start next week at a premium position that people need help at. Here's a guy that is reports out of camp. He was unbelievable. He was going to be a huge part of the offense. It hasn't worked out yet. But last week came alive. Isaiah Likely, 6% roster right now. Huge game with Andrews going out. Uh, 6 for 77 in a tutty um, on Thursday night against Tampa. Here's the thing about Likely, guys. Reports out of camp, it was he was going to be the number three receiver. But he's obviously a tight end. I'm pretty confident that Andrews is probably not going to play this week from the standpoint that next week, the following week, they have a bye. So I bet they rest him. For these two weeks, in order to get him like healthy for the stretch, so I think likely this week specifically, if you could get a hold of him, I think you could start him at tight end and feel really good that he's gonna give you double digits. All right. Well, I really hope he's not the option this week, and Andrews is fine. Uh, I also hit on both my picks last week as well. Justin Fields, who we both didn't think was gonna be a start, ended up with thirty-one points, uh, best game of the year for him. And then also Seahawks defense went out on a limb. I think they're only 6% owned. They're still out there on the waiver wire. Put up 19 points and five sacks and two fumble recoveries. So hit on both of those. Uh, this week I'm going McCole Hartman, 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 whatever his name is, 36% old, owned. Um, can't talk right now. Last three weeks, 12, 14, and 28. They're coming off a bye. And then they're going against Tennessee, which is the sixth best, best matchup for wide receivers. Um, so I think that's a nice pickup. Even with Tony there, I think it's still going to take a few weeks for him to get acquainted in that offense. Then also Taylor Heineke, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He's only 7% owned last two weeks since he started averaging 22.6 points plays the Vikings this week, which is the 10th best matchup for quarterbacks. And then, uh, he also added 30 yards rushing last week. So I can give you that aspect as well for some fantasy points. Okay. Now, I do. I like what Heineke. I like it's kind of Heineke's interesting story because last year I kind of bought into him too, and then he failed me. Like the guy just doesn't go away, and that team's now kind of got some juice. That Washington team. Well, he's he's one of those guys who's got something to prove. You know, a lot of these guys get paid, and then they they end up. You know, it doesn't matter. They're still going to get their money. Heineke's got something to prove. If it's not with the Redskins this year, it probably will be with another team next year as a starter. Hopefully, you know what he reminds me of as well is he's got like a little Fitz magic in him. You know what I mean? Like, if you put him, like, for, like, a four-start stretch or whatever, like, he'll give you good opportunities to win. But I don't think he's, like, a long-term starter, if you get what I'm saying. But uh, Heineke in, like, these small doses actually comes out to play, and he'll, like, give you, like, like two remarkable games where you don't think you count out the Washington Commanders out totally, and he'll come back and win you a game. He's like Gardner Minshew without the uh, the mullet. Okay. 
Now, and much older. Now, one thing that we're going to get to right now is the mortgage payment. And Randy, uh, sometimes you get dogged on your picks, but you, you have a defense for that that you're going to kind of break out. You know, I, I do admire the fact that you are, you know, keeping the keeping the scorebook, if you will, letting the viewers know your hit rate. Absolutely. I just want to give a little recap on last week. I mean, on the season, uh, on the season, I think it's the last, whatever, last five weeks that I kept keeping track, nine and six. Um, won all three bets last week, Mikey. Yeah. I had the Titans minus two at Indy. I had the Pats minus one at the Jets. And then I had my uh, three-team parlay that Trotter was talking shit about, the Packers – Bills and Eagles all won. Um, I think Mike was quoted as saying at one point, is Dallas that good? Uh, they are. Um, so that was me saying, like, I said Micah Parsons is going to go nuts. He had a return for a touchdown, which was lovely. But let's get into it, Mike. Let's stay hot. Let's keep the guys winning some money. What do you say, Ken? Let's do it. Um, first off, to do a little car payment. Um, I like the Rams plus three at Tampa. It's a winner-go-home game for the Rams. I, I want to see what the, depending on the health of Cooper Cup, but he says he should be able to play. I just like, I don't think Todd Bowles is a good coach. I agree. And I think that, I think the Ray, uh, Tampa looks lost. Just all together, like every facet of the game, they look lost. I think the Rams win that game. Do you be interested in that money line or no? You're just going to go. No, I, I like, I'll take, the, I'll take the points all day, but I might sprinkle some money line, but I'm going to take Rams plus three. Okay. Next, moving on, we're going to go to a little cell phone and utilities. Um, Chiefs minus 12 and a half at home at Titans. I like the Titans in this game with the points. I think the, the Chiefs are going to win. But uh depends on the health of Tano a lot for me. But um, the last five times, uh, the last five meetings between the Chiefs and Titans, the Titans are 4-1. Let yeah. that sink in. And they're getting 12 and a half points. I think the Chiefs probably win by like 10. And you're sitting pretty in there. That's a lot of points for a pretty good Titans team. Well, it depends. Okay, here's the thing. I mean, they beat Houston, but I mean, I don't think Malik Willis threw the ball in the second half. And I get that you didn't need to, but I mean, the Chiefs are going to make him if he's the starter. Like, I don't know if he's good enough to to cover that because if they're going to make him throw the ball, I I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it last week against Houston. He, he was he was the only quarterback to have less points than Derek Carr last week. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, That's pretty hard to do. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, the mortgage payment. I love this going forward, especially with the trades that we just talked about earlier. We touched on uh, Bears are plus five at Miami. Right now, the over-under is only 44. I love the over. I love it. I think at least Miami scores a 30-piece. Are, you, are you taking the Bears plus five? No. No. I'm, I'm taking just – I just said I love the over. I just want to give you a little line. I love the over in that game. I think it hits – Heavily over 44. I think the Bears get 17, and I think that Miami itself might score 44 points. They they probably are going to. It, it's in uh, right now. The only the only thing is weather, and it's, it's supposed to be 65 and sunny. Beautiful. And that Miami defense is terrible. Yeah. So yeah. Bradley, Ch- Bradley Chubb's there now. So true. Um, I just I mean I like the Bears being able to score at least 20 in that game though. That's all, y'all. That's what I'm saying. The 44 is low. That Titans and Chiefs game, the goals at 53. Well, what was it? Uh, somebody just sent out a tweet. Uh, anything with a, what, minus nine and over, you go the under? Yeah. That's another thing to talk about, too. That's that's hit it. I think it, he said they broke it down for the last, like, like seven 60% years. or something? Yeah, it's like a 58% clip. 
which 58%, Dave, is good. I just looked it up. Anything over 52.5% is good for betting. Yeah, I didn't know I was winning, David. Fucking around, and Andy's got to come out with, you know, the Andy stats. <laughs> fucking Andy. Um, yeah, he's counting beans. He's counting beans over there. Okay. Um, now, uh, real quickly, as we move to a daily day, that's also been taking some criticism. Probably your best week last week, but still not good enough to, to get some money. No, still not good enough because of how many points were scored around the league. But I did hit on a few players. Uh, so last week's hits were two at 29 points. Ramondre Stevenson had 18. Uh, Pierce had 13. Tyreek Hill had 25. And Ayuk had 17. Then the Duds, uh, Josh Reynolds, like I mentioned, dropped two touchdowns. He only had 2.4 points. Almost fucked my team as well. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, out for 10 weeks now, but he only put up 4.8 points. Olave was surprising to me, only 7.7. And the Bears, uh, last time I put them in a daily day, minus one point. So that was trash. Um, this week, we're going Justin, Justin Fields. Hopefully I don't put the hex on him. He's $7,400 versus Miami. Uh, Miami, like we mentioned, is terrible on defense, 26 versus quarterbacks. Uh, and last week, uh, last two weeks, I'm sorry, Fields has gone uh, over 24 points in daily. So I think that's a good cheap fix for your quarterback. Uh, and then Aaron Jones, $7,800 versus Detroit. Uh, they're 29th versus running backs. And last two weeks for him, 24 and 18 in daily. Uh, so I think that's a nice pickup at $7,800. Uh, then we have Raheem Mostert. I did this before. Jeff Wilson got drafted. I mean, got traded. Um, I don't think it affects them so much this week, but the Bears are losing Roquan. They're already terrible against the run, so hopefully he can get in the end zone. Um, Mike, you want to go up a little bit so I can see? My fault. <laughs> uh, then we were going to go with Terry McLaurin for 7200 bucks as your number one receiver against Minnesota. Uh, they're 26 against receivers. Last two weeks for McLaurin, 15 and 13. Tyler Boyd uh, out as the second receiver now for Cincinnati. I think they get a better matchup than last week on Monday night uh, versus Carolina, 22nd against wide receivers. And Boyd has a touchdown in the last two games as well. Um, this is my kind of out there pick, but a value pick at Khalif Raymond for $5,400. I'm sorry, Tyler Boyd, 6900 bucks. I didn't say that. Uh, Khalif Raymond, $5,400 versus Green Bay. They are tough against wide receivers, um, but I think that's only because they can't stop the run. Uh, Khalif Raymond, though, over 75 yards receiving the last two weeks, and now no Hawkinson, so he should take over that role with uh, a few of those passes across the middle. Um, Gerald Everett at $5,800 at tight end. First Atlanta, they are 24th against tight ends. No Williams, maybe no uh, Allen there as well. So we'll have to see if he can uh, uh, pick up the, the slack. And then at your flex position, Tyreek Hill, 8700 bucks. I think he's unguardable. You can put him up against anybody going against Chicago. Chicago is actually tough against receivers, but I think, again, that's just because they're so bad against the run. Um but Tyreek Hill is also the leading wide receiver for yards, and it's by like 200 yards uh, over whoever's in the second. So I think that's an easy easy start each week. And then I'm going back to Seattle for defense, back to the well, $4,100 uh, versus Arizona. There's the uh, 17th versus defenses. And uh, Seattle surprisingly averaging almost nine points a game uh, for your defensive slot, which is pretty good. So hopefully this is the week uh, we can get some points and maybe get some money. Okay, Dave. Well, well thought out picks as always. They just they just got to get hot for you one one week here. Got to get them all to hit. How much you, how much you putting on that, David? 
I haven't done it yet, but probably like only five bucks. All right. Live it dangerous. All right. Now, speaking of hot, this is what everybody tuned in for. Um, The return of the commish corner. um, From what I told, very, uh, very intense. 1,000 word commish corner coming your way. And just real quickly, I was able to witness Randy in person as he was going through the noon games and the three games. Roller coaster of emotions. Um, from from outside looking in, to watch Derek Carr be so abysmal while Alvin Kamara was just going bonkers was very difficult to watch. Um, and that pretty much almost like sealed the game. But then out of nowhere, Randy got some juice. And then, as you know, what happened Monday night. So, Randy, Kamish Corner. Dave, do you want to say anything before we get going on this corner, though? Yeah, I mean, I it's, it was a roller coaster for me, too. There was times in the day where I was like, oh, this is no no-brainer. I'm going to win. And then there was times, literally, I shut the game off because I was in so much anxiety watching the games, especially with the 60-yard touchdown from Pollard and then the 60-yard touchdown from DJ Moore. Going into Monday night, I was down, like, 12 or 15 points, um, you know, with Burrow and Higgins, I thought I had a really good chance at winning first quarter. Uh, Burrow throws an interception. Uh, Peoples Jones has a 40 yard catch. And then you almost got me with a 50 yard field goal too, but you got that later in the game. But going to the fourth quarter, I'm down. I don't know what it was like 23 or something like that, almost 30 points. And they connect for that, that 41 yard touchdown. And I go up by like, a point and a half. So I wasn't watching up up until that point. I turned it on <laughs> like six minutes ago in the fourth. So uh, it was uh, an intense day of anxiety. Thanks for letting me relive that, Dave. I appreciate the play by play. No worries. Uh, it was a day for me too until the end. Uh, I just got to say. Mike, you want me to hop in this commission corner? I think that's what the people want. I think the people want. I think I got to crack a beer to start this, to go through, to to retake, to rip this scab off, rip this Band-Aid off, and <laughs> live through the last 24 hours that have been my life. All right, Mike. This is week nine commission corner. First, I would like to officially congratulate Dave on getting the one-point win. Who's better deserving of winning than a guy that constantly complains and Woo's me attitude is great to, is just great to communicate with throughout a matchup. Looking back at this week's loss, I can't help but be reminded of how many times I had a chance to capitalize and win, only to get my fucking soul and spine ripped from my body as if Dave was sub zero in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> First, the Jonathan Taylor fumble with four minutes left in the game and get vultured by a guy who has more concussions than Dave's has career touchdowns in the Heem Hines. <laughs> This was the writing on the wall that only a catastrophe was in store. Jonathan Taylor, the 101 pick, when the dude hasn't missed a game or practice his entire NFL, college, or high school career, is apropos of my life as the commissioner of this league. I vow to never step foot in Indianapolis again, just out of spite for this miniature horse franchise. Second was Garrett Wilson, the Garrett Wilson non-star. <laughs> Who would have thought... That the Cougar Hunter himself, that plays like a frat boy in 2009, wasting on the original four locos, would finally get Wilson involved in this offense. Those 17.8 points would have secured a fantasy win. I come to find out I truly never deserved. Next was whatever the fuck you want to call that Alva Kamara game. 
feud has scored only t- over 20 points just once in the season, but awaits the Ram fuck my face in week eight, where he goes bonker and gets his first TD of the season, proceeds to get two more to drop a 40, 40 piece on my head. Now I'll skip over the car crash that was that NOLA game to give you some insight on what was that Monday Night Football game. Game script, Mike, was great early and almost picked six of Burrow to start the game, set up a 52-yarder for York. I'm feeling great until the fucking Browns forgot how to block and the, and the kick is blocked. Then the Browns get a quick three and out. So I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling okay. The Browns march down the field to score a touchdown, preceded by an extra point made by York. But oh wait, the Bengals had 12 men on the field, so they go for two. <laughs> what kind of Pop Warner kangaroo circus run franchise are they running over there? They had 12 men on the field fucking four times yesterday, Mike. Four times. <laughs> but until the six-minute mark of the game, I'm feeling good. Six minutes in, I'm feeling good. As if my team is about to take off for a playoff push. But as we know through recent events, the takeoff would be a tragically short-lived. With six minutes left in the game, the only thing that could kill me is a touchdown to Higgins, and then I get the kiss of death by the mush himself. Gally dressed as a fucking pirate for Halloween, of course, because that dude raped and plundered my booty as he says, Commissioner Good, Dave only needs a miracle. And right on cue, (laughs) as requested he got, Dave wins pretty much, putting a cap on my fantasy season. (laughs) But in all honesty, this week game was done the minute I started that masker wearing Sid from Toy Story looking ass, fake elite conversation quarterback that is Derek Carr. New Orleans has, this, has a witness such a disaster sir, since Hurricane Katrina. At least with that tragedy, it was warning prior to the storm hitting the shores. <laughs> Where do you begin with such a shit-stained performance? You could say the Raiders offense didn't get over the 50-yard line until three minutes left in the game. Or you could say that there were 30 other quarterbacks that had more points than Carr's, 1.9. Or you, the mere fact that Carr wasn't even the highest-scoring QB on his team. He was outscored by fucking Jared Stidman. Trey Lance dropped more points in the monsoon than this poor, scores, this poor excuse for a QB. I'm lost for words on how to explain what the fuck we all witnessed. And I tried to research... A QB who scored uh, a, a QB who scored more points without being injured, less than Carr all time, to no avail. Literally, I couldn't find one. They played the entire game and only scored one point nine points. <sighs> so in closing, there was a lot. There was a lot of dark, very dark thoughts going through the commissioner's head in the last twenty four hours. I literally contemplated using the commissioner's tool just to just to add drop like Garrett Wilson in so I could auto win. I'm like, who's going to stop me? I'm like, I want pure chaos. <laughs> I thought about lo- using the league's money and going to Polecats and blowing it all in the boom, boom room. <laughs> I thought about blowing the league up because I'm like, fuck it. If I'm miserable, I want everyone to hurt like me. Feel my pain. But boys, I'm a man of integrity. I cannot let my inner dark side win. They say you don't judge a man by his wins, but by his losses. I gave an oath. My word is my bond. I am the commission. I'd rather die in my shield than dishonor the integrity of this league. (laughs) I didn't get knocked down, boys. I got knocked the fuck out. But listening to me, I would say this. I vowed to ruin everyone 
who has the pleasure of playing me going forward. The commission's back against the wall and I'm coming out swinging. Mark my words, this will not be the last you hear from me, the commission. My team will not go out with a whipper because if I die, I'm going to go out the way I live my life. Banging. <laughs> um, kind of. Oh, a, wait, I missed. I missed a good commission corner. That was. That was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, it's a little, a little. Defe- sound a little defeated though throughout. It was. It, you. I, I feel. Or, I feel did you. you want to be excited about? No, that? no, not, I don't want to be excited. But you know, uh, I still think there's some hope for you to make the playoffs. No, nah, dude, that's fucking done. Actually. I was looking, if I get a win against Galley this week with a bunch of guys on by, then I play you and Lace. I could write off three straight, and then I play Lewis, maybe start looking good, write off four straight, but I, I can't lose the game. No. Yeah, it'd be perfect. No, you gotta, you gotta win out. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was quite the game. I mean, you... Derek Carr, like, he's the worst fucking person on earth. He's, like, on my number one shit list now. Well, also, too, at the end of the game, there was four minutes left, and... New Orleans is at, or I'm sorry, uh, the, the Browns are at like the 40 yard line. So I'm thinking like they're either going to kick a shitty field goal and I'm going to lose, or they're going to get the extra point. Which for some reason I was only up by like 0.7 and then it shot up to like one and a half. I don't know why. So either way, if they would have scored a touchdown to kick the extra point, I still would have won. But I thought for some reason they were going to kick the, extra, the, the the field goal and just kill my night. With Did like you know what happened? Goals. Did you know what happened, Dave? What? They had 12 men on the field again. Uh, I know, but and then they got the first down, and then they had enough. It was still two minutes left, and they they, they kneeled it four times at like the ten yard line. It was it was uh, hard to watch. I'm sure a lot harder for you though, not me. Yeah, it was it was just absolutely stupid. Would, the Gallagher text is just fucking ridiculous. There's no well, reason text, for that. Then he texted me, and I was like, "Don't text me that shit. Like, don't fucking show me the juju when I'm." So there's still like six minutes left in this game. Like, I don't yeah. want to see this shit. Gallagher knows what he's doing. He does stuff like that just to like see what well, happens. He likes to stir the pot a little bit. Well, me and me and Randy also sent about 15 GGs to each other this week. Randy also <laughs> called me and gave me the, oh, you, you deserve a day. This is your year. <laughs> you know, you're having a kid. You know, <laughs> he deserves Everything's going Dave. Everything's going well, Dave. And then you put up 40 points with two players in like 10 minutes. So I was like, what are you talking about? And then I'm in my room, like, not watching the game because I'm freaking out. I'm about to lose when I was up by, like, 40 points projection-wise. Yahoo projections are fucking stupid. Yeah, the, stupid. Philly, the Philly Lake sack in that game, too, fucking killed me when extra two-piece. Well, you, what do you mean? You got a you got an interception and a sack with uh, with Minnesota at the end of the game. I know, but your team didn't do shit besides Elva Kamara. That's what killed me. But... Well, in Philly and, well, Joe Burrow had a only 18 points, but yeah, the rest of, that's why you, I was like, what are you looking at? My whole team sucks. Maybe I'll get hot. Maybe like, I don't know, dude, Jonathan Taylor stinks. You know, sometimes, you know, God gives its toughest, you know, journeys to your strongest soldiers. You know what I'm saying? That that makes I'll sense. Be like I thought, I thought about like, legitimately, I thought about like doing that. Like, hey, putting Garrett, Garrett Wilson in and then like locking my doors and not answer my phone from anyone. Like just, <laughs> You called me before the game and asked who you should start, which I have no idea what fantasy owner is going to do that. But and people's, surprised, people's Jones wasn't a bad start, though. It's just people's Jones. I mean, people's Jones had a decent game. Not like he had a bad game, but Wilson had a better game. I also fucked myself with choices too, though, like taking Claypool out and then also just dropping Rondell Moore halfway through the game, which was ridiculously stupid. All right, but 
That Jonathan Taylor fumble cost me the game. It was two points. Well, there's a lot of things I was looking at. Curtis Samuel also got a catch at the end of the game for that didn't mean anything. It's just completely random. I fucking hate fantasy. Okay. Um, now we kind of we got we're we're at the 53 minute mark, so it's gonna be tough to do a two minute drill today. Um, well, let's pull it up. Let's just do it. Get it over with. Come on, hurry. <laughs> we can get it in in five minutes. It's and tough. Talk. It's tough to do it well. All right, I'm, let's not even do my game. I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing uh, McCarthy. That's an automatic loss. Yeah, that's an automatic W for McCarthy. Yeah, it's just an automatic loss. So let's not do that one. All right. All right. All right. So we got Kamish right now taking on Gallagher. Kamish has no one in their on the roster playing. Um, I'm purposely doing that to Gallagher. I don't want to see him look at any of the projections. I'm cycle warfare. He's got Jefferson, Juju, Aaron Jones against Detroit. That's a tough matchup for you, Randy. Um, I'm just gonna go Randy just because I think when you lose a game like that, I think you're you're due to win. Gallagher was also talking today. He's going to start Juju and Hardman um, to try to negate uh, Mahomes. That's actually not a bad idea. I'm like then, I'm like then do it, dude, because I hope he throws four touchdowns to Kelsey. Yeah, Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Randy with that one. I'm gonna go Gallagher. All right, uh, fucking me. I'm gonna bury that fucking loser. Channel, one of the hottest teams in the league. It's Lath. uh, you channel. you you would think you would think Swift gets more involved this week. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm probably gonna go channels well. Yeah, I mean, hurts hurts and Brown is hard to beat. So I'm gonna go channels. Yeah, but sometimes they're like, I don't know. Then it could be like a Devontae Smith game. Um, Simo was projected 128, probably his highest projection recently against Ryan. It's gonna be kind of a good matchup. Um, you would think Devontae Adams has a better week than last week. You would hope he can get more than one point uh, this week. Um, I kind of uh, Ryan doesn't have a kicker in, so add like nine more points. So mm-hmm. it should be like a one twenty-four to one twenty-eight projection. Dare I say, Simo gets the W here? Goes over hundred points. Ryan starting Alave and Mooney. Uh, Mooney's looked better, and again, we talked about Miami secondary being banged up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll go Simo this week. All right, um, Dave projected one thirty seven. Wow, look at this guy, one thirty seven versus one fourteen. Andy's on some hard luck. I mean, he keeps going to the well with Rogers. Detroit defense does suck, so maybe this is a big Rogers game. Um, I just think Dave's team's kind of clicking right now, and uh, Jacobs I think has a better game than he did last week. But uh, Andy also not starting a kicker, so add another you know nine points. So one thirty seven, one twenty three projection. Is, yeah. what's, the, what's going on with Andrews? I don't know. Well, supposedly the shoulder injury is not bad. Nothing came out yet uh, from practice. So that's a big question mark right now if Andrews is going to be able to go, which he's also on Monday night, which sucks. But uh, Jacobs against Jacksonville, which is a really good matchup. Uh, I think I win this one. Um, I like my I like my odds, even with the, if Andrews sits out. Fair enough. Waldo running hot. He's hot. All right, now uh, – Lewis versus Waldo projected 130 to 112. Uh, obviously, Waldo doesn't have a quarterback, so throw in at least another 20. So it's basically a coin flip. Lewis has Thielen and Lazard, both questionable this week. Um, but Waldo has, uh, well, who's the receiver out for him? Uh, CD, CD Lamb. CD, but he's yeah. starting Palmer, which should be a good start. I'm going to go Waldo on this one. 
We need Waldo to win if we have a playoff hope. See, yeah, probably, right? Yeah, we need Waldo to win. All right, fair enough. That's the two-minute drill. All right, gentlemen. Uh, good lounge today, Randy. Gutsy performance by you after that tough loss yesterday. Um, lesser men would not have come on the show. Are you are you a lesser man? I'm here. I got smoked. Okay. If you took a bad beat like that, would you show up? I don't know. I don't deal on hypotheticals, all right? Like... I, I'm a man. Of, I'm a man of reality. Uh, yeah, I'm a, my word is my bond. It is. It is my bond. I should have Patrick Holmes on my team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right, gentlemen. Uh, another good lounge. Uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, it's never too late to come relax at the lounge. Take care, y'all. Good night, y'all. Someone give me a wide receiver. Good night. Take care.